All right, and we are live. Ladies, gentlemen, and star worshippers, welcome back to the Rabbit Hole Podcast, where we do mediocre research and give our unwanted opinion on a topic that you probably don't care about. This week, we're joined by a special guest who is going to give us a little teachings on something that he's uh, sort of an expert in, I guess you would classify yourself as. You've written uh, books and and, uh, done plenty of research on this subject, yeah? Yeah, I've got a I've got a six book deal, and uh, the first two are out already. That's awesome. And uh, yeah, the third one comes out December fifteenth. So I'm gonna go through my presentation, and then hopefully some people pick up a couple copies or find this interesting and look it up themselves. Well, at the very least, I'll pick up a copy. Yeah. So okay, <laughs> that works. We'll, we'll we'll pick up we'll all pick up the whole thing. So so okay. um, as you're saying, we're joined with Micah uh, Dank. You go by Micah Dank or Micah D? How's that? Micah Dank. Micah D is Facebook. It's, okay. So Micah Dank, um, his book series is Into the Rabbit Hole. Um, kind of coincides with us, right? Rabbit Hole podcast. Um, and he's got – so the books that you have out right now are Beneath the Veil and Sacred Stones, correct? Yes. The, the podcast is called Into the Rabbit Hole. Yeah. I mean not the podcast. I'm the sorry. Series. The series is yeah. called Into the Rabbit Hole. And uh, there's six books, and the first two are out. The third's coming out December 15th. But uh, they've been doing well on Amazon so far, and I've just been doing the circuit, you know, uh, getting the word out. I noticed that. They're very well-reviewed on Amazon, too. Yeah. People are sending me messages like, this changed my outlook on everything. Like, I can't believe this. Like, I was taught a certain way in, 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 in church, and this makes me look at things a whole different way. So, awesome! It's nice to see that sometimes. And the the third one is is that the secret weapon? Is that the one that comes out in December? Yes. Okay. Correct. Awesome. Awesome. Okay. Well, um, if you want to go ahead and uh, give us some education on your on your topic here. <clears throat> okay. So, the idea behind astrotheology is basically this: um, you're talking back to the Greek and the Roman times when they had gods and goddesses when they were talking about the stars and the planets as gods and goddesses and their histories and, and what they did. And this is basically just an updated version of that. Uh, now, the, the Bible itself is an encoded astrology book. It's not meant to be taken literally. And I'm going to prove that, hopefully, by the end of this podcast. But basically, there's a lot of questions. Um, the first one is, is what is the main tenet? And the tenet is basically this, is that Jesus is not the son of God but he's the actual son of God going through the 12 zodiac signs throughout the day, throughout the month, throughout the year, throughout the great year. And uh, which is uh, when the zodiac, I'm sorry, which is when um, it goes around every 25,000 years. Um, That's the great year. But basically there's questions like how was Jesus able to heal the blind? How did he walk on water? How did he turn water into wine? Uh, why did he have 12 disciples? Why was he betrayed with a kiss by Judas? Why was he dead for three days? Why is his birthday on December 25th? All these can be explained astrologically, and I'm going to do that. Okay. But awesome. first, what I, first, what I need to do is I need to go through the 12 signs with you guys so you guys understand what the 12 signs are in case anybody doesn't really know. Okay. Most people know their sun sign, which is their zodiac sign, but it goes much deeper into that. So basically, for people who don't know, about astrology, the first sign uh, 
in the zodiac is actually Aries. Um, that is the first sign. However, the zodiac is numbered one through 12 and one is Aquarius. So that's where I'm going to start. So the first sign is Aquarius, which is represented by the man. Um, Pisces is the second sign, which is the two fish in the water. Aries is the ram. Now in Aries, you have March 21st, which is the spring equinox. It's 12 hour day and 12 hour night. It's also, the Jews also hold the Passover around that time where they used to put the lamb's blood on the door, the lamb being the ram. The Jews also blow the ram's horn because they were the people of Aries. I'll get back to that though, but um, it's also the Passover or the passing over of the sun over the equator as it heads on its way up to the summer solstice. Christianity has Easter around that time frame as well too. They just changed it. They call it the resurrection of God's son, literally the son as he's coming back to life. Mm. Okay. Taurus is the bull. When you look at the sky, now you got to remember, this is a time period where they didn't have uh, calendars. They didn't have Apple watches. They didn't have clocks. They didn't have watches. They didn't have, the only thing that they did is the only thing they knew is the agricultural year. And they would have to look at the sky to get that information. You know, they had sundials and everything, but they would have to look at the sky. So when you look at the sky and you see Taurus, the bull, you know that it's time to put the plow on the bull so that you can plant the seeds that you're going to harvest in Virgo and Libra, which I'll get to when I get to those two signs. Gemini is the twins, which are Castor and Pollux Troy. And everybody knows who Helen of Troy is. Yeah. Um, right. They're, she's their sister. The story of Achilles. Right. That's where it's borrowed from. That's where it comes from. Nothing significant happens there in astrotheology. However, in the Bible, there's places where they talk about Jesus riding in town on twin donkeys. Anytime they mention twins or, or like brothers or usually twins, you're talking about the, um, the twin followers of Jesus in the disciples. Um, they're referring to that. So cancer is the crab and cancer is the sideways moving creature. So basically here's what happens. The sun rises a degree on its axis starting December 25th, one degree on its axis every day until it hits June 21st, the summer solstice. Then it stops for three days and it only rises at the same height. So it rises to its highest point and then for three days it's at its highest point again. Then what, which shows the moving sideways is why it's the crab. And then what happens is the sun then after, on uh, July 25th, it, I'm sorry, June 25th, it starts coming down a degree every day until it hits December 21st, which is the winter solstice. Now, the crab in ancient Egyptian times was also known as the scarab. So that's where you get the word crab from, is from scarab. Mm -hmm. The letters are all there. Leo is the king. Uh, basically, the line is the king of the jungle. The ruling planet of Leo is actually the sun. So when they say that um, he's in his, the sun is in his kingdom, that's what they mean. They mean the sun is in Leo. Virgo is the woman holding the wheat stalk. If you look at the symbol for Virgo, it's a, it's a woman, or technically a virgin, holding a stalk of wheat. So you guys remember when I said before that you plant in Taurus, right? Right. Mm -hmm. Okay, so the virgins would cultivate the wheat in Virgo in order to make the bread for the year. Um, that's basically where that comes from. 
Uh, Libra is the justice, the scales, the balance, the just one. The reason it's because it judges God's son as it passes over the fall equinox, which the Jews celebrate the new year by as well. It, uh, and it begins its descent into winter, into the cold and into the death of the sun, you know, cause in the, in, in the winter, in December, you know, that's, that's the dead of the winter. You know, the sun is dead. Um, the sun doesn't move for three days. On December 21st, it sits there. And then for three days, it doesn't rise on a degree. And then it rises December 25th. That's why the sun's resurrection day or its birthday is December 25th. That's why Jesus' birthday is December 25th. Oh. It's also why it's also why he was dead for three days before his resurrection. Because the sun dies for three days after december 21st so you guys with me so far yeah i'm following okay so basically libra is also wine season because if you've ever gone to like a uh a vineyard you'll know that um it's very lush and full in uh libra yeah. in like yeah. september october that's when it's full like you see all the pictures of girls on facebook you know when they're at the vineyards with their cup of wine in the spring and everything is just like bare empty Right, because it's full in September, October. That's when it's full. That's when the the wine is here to pick. So Scorpio is the scorpion. He is known as the betrayer. When a scorpion bites you, it leaves an imprint in your skin that looks like two lips. It's why the mafia has the kiss of death. That's where they get that from. It's why Jesus was betrayed by Judas with a kiss. So Judas represents Scorpio, and Jesus is the son. He's betrayed with a kiss. So the son is judged in Libra. And it's betrayed in Scorpio. Then you have Sagittarius, which is the bow and the arrow. They shoot the sun and inflict further punishment on the sun. In the Bible, it's translated to a spear going into the side of Jesus. That's where the sun dies. And I just explained to you how he was dead for three days and then he rises. Mm -hmm. Right? Right. So your last sign is Capricorn and he's the goat. And the reason he's the goat is because he's at the bottom of the mountain. He's at the bottom of the, of the Zodiac wheel and the goats climb the mountains. That's what they do. So it starts the new year is what it does of the sun. So if you look at in the Bible for the names of Jesus, you know, he's called the scapegoat of Israel. That's the goat Capricorn. He's the son of man. That's the man sign, which is Aquarius. He's the fisherman of men, which is Pisces, the two fish, the fisherman of men. It's also why he feeds the masses with two fish. He's called the Lamb of God, which is the ram in Aries. He's called the strong bull or the bull in Taurus. St. Augustine said, now remember how I told you that the crab is also known as the beetle? It's also known as a scarab. Right. The scarab is a beetle. St. Augustine called him my own good beetle. So he's also known as the Lion of Judah. That's known as Leo. The lady holding the stalk of wheat, the virgin, he's born of a virgin. And he's called the bread of life. There's the stalk of wheat, the bread of life. Libra, he's the scale of justice. He's known as the just one. He's betrayed in Scorpio, which is the kiss. He dies in Sagittarius, December 21st. It's also why he's worshipped on the sun day. That's where they get that from. Ooh. So, I mean, that's ba those are basically just, th those are the names for Jesus, and they're all astrological. Right. So I'll take a, a, a pause for a minute and 
let you guys jump in, see what you think. CJ, you want to go first? Uh, <laughs> oh, I like Tristan. Tristan actually sounds like he has something. I'm a little uh, uh, mind blown, actually. Um, I really think I I'm super interested in like little connections like that throughout history, uh, mainly between like different cultures and stuff like that. I've mentioned mm-hmm. it plenty of times. Uh, that I just always find it interesting how different cultures can kind of uh, have the same meanings for different things or uh, use the same terminology and, and stuff like that. So that's just uh, – so the right. connection between okay. it all is, is pretty fascinating. Mm-hmm. Okay, can I ask this? So what you're stating though is – so what I always, always, I mean, you know, growing up was how I gathered it was that the 25th was Jesus's birthday, right? When he was actually born and everything right. like that. He's also From not what the I, first. He's also not the first God to be born on the 25th. You've got Mithra, you've from, got Apollo. Go from on. what I'm gathered from what you've said, right, is like, so he was, he was killed on the 21st. And it was not necessarily his birthday, but it's where he was his resurrection. Well, day? basically, you gotta understand. You gotta understand astro theology. Like I just gave you the basis of it right now, and you gotta understand is that the Bible is poetry of the heavens. Is what it is. That's what it is. It's not meant to be taken literally. So he he did not technically die December twenty first. In the book, in the Bible, he dies and then he's resurrected it has nothing to do with his birth that's just how they translated it when they wrote the metaphors see a lot of these things that they come i'm going to give you an example too let's go with this have you ever heard the phrase pride comes before the fall Uh, yes okay so any of you guys um what do you think that means that if you're not humble you'll um not be successful or that it'll come back and bite you in the ass. Right. That's usually, that's usually what people say. And I, I literally open with this question all the time, but do you guys know what a group of lions is called? A pride. Mm, a pride. Yeah. That's July and August. That's Leo. Leo is July and August. That's before the fall. Hmm. Okay. So okay. it's these kind of double entendres and metaphors that you find all over the Bible. And that's just what's hidden. Um, I can give you another one too. Um, in the book of Micah, right? In the book of my namesake, actually, yeah. in the book of Micah, he predicts that there's going to be a savior. Do you remember what town or what city the savior is supposed to come from? I do not know. It's from Bethlehem. Does that sound familiar? No, yeah, of course. Mm-hmm. Okay. So Bethlehem. So in Hebrew, the words Bethlehem is two words. It's bet and Lechem, which literally means house of bread. The house of bread is Virgo with the wheat stalk, virgin with the wheat stalk. So the savior is going to come from a virgin. You see how that works? Yeah. So it's these deep metaphors that were written thousands and thousands of years ago um, that come across straight through and they're just there to be decoded once you understand the Zodiac and what everything means. Wow, that's 
Like, like all these little connections in my head that are like clicking, you know, like lights turning on as you're, as you're talking about this. Right. Extremely interesting. Right. So, and like, for instance, it, 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 it comes across in our day and age now. Um, so Neil deGrasse Tyson, you guys know who he is, right? Yes. So he, 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 he did it on Twitter or he did it on Rogan. I forget where he said it. But he basically said that the New Year's Day, uh, December 31st, January 1st, there's nothing astrologically special about that. And he's just flat out wrong about that. Do you know why the New Year starts on December 1st? If you think logically, from back in the history, it would, it would either be on a solstice or an equinox, because that's mm-hmm. what the Jews did. That's what, that's what the Egyptians did. That's what the Christians did. For the most part, early on, um, the reason... That it's on New Year's is because our dog star, if you come out at midnight on uh, New Year's Eve and you look straight up into the sky, straight up into the sky as high as you can look, you'll see our dog star, Sirius. Then if you draw a line straight down, you'll have you on Earth. And then if you draw a straight line down even further, you'll have the sun at full mast. So that's the only time of the year that that happens. So he's just flat out wrong when he says that. There's another example I can give you guys too. It's the uh, you guys are familiar with um, the I mean the devil Lucifer, right. known as the Morning Star, mm-hmm. right? So mm-hmm. Lucifer, known as the Morning Star, the Morning Star is actually Venus. If you look up Morning Star, it literally says Venus in Google, or, or vice versa. And the interesting thing about that is is that Venus is the star. If you come outside. Um, in the middle of the night, I'm not in the middle of the night, in the morning, as the sun's starting to rise, you'll see a, a, a bright light that's right above it. And that's Venus. It announces the sun, it announces the rising of the sun every day. So he's known as the morning star. Um, the interesting thing too, is that if you look at, you, you guys know the pentagram, right? The sign of Lucifer. Correct. The pentagram really is not that. The pentagram, if you take earth and you take Venus, and you map their transit in a year going around the sun, okay, and you map the five closest points that they meet, that, that, that they almost meet each other, it forms a pentagram. So that's where the pentagram comes from. It's not like some evil medieval tool. It's just, it's star poetry. That's all it is. All right, sorry, I'm a little mind blown right now. Okay, so... What I'm hearing, and tell me if I'm wrong, because I'm probably wrong, um, is that <laughs> so the Bible is not to be interpreted literally, right? No, no, no. It's it is. Perverted. It is basically is basically just all these different um, astrological alignments. Yeah, these different yes, occurrences deep- that are happening in space that we put. Uh, a face to maybe is the... that's that's exactly what it is. It's a manifestation. It's a manifestation of a story. Look, I my six books are fiction. Okay, I wrote a fiction series about this, but the astrology in it is real. The characters figure all this stuff out that I'm telling you guys. So the books are actually real fun reads. They're doing great on Amazon, and love for people to pick them up. But let me give you let me give you another example. There's something called the Council at Jamnia. 
okay, which is the Senate of Jamnia, in the year, so you guys know Constantine, right? Year 325, got baptized, whether it was on his deathbed or whether he unified Christianity on purpose, it doesn't matter, he's connected with that, right? Right, yeah. Right, okay, so in the year 100 AD, well before that, they had a council to basically, at the year 100 AD, the Old Testament, the Jewish Bible, was not codified yet. And what happened was they got in a council together to decide which books are going to be in it. Is that the now, Council the, of Nicaea? No, the Council of Nicaea is, is past that. That past has to do that. with which that has to do with which Christian books are going to be in the New Testament. Okay. I'm okay. talking about the year 100 AD where they were trying to canonize the Old Testament. Okay. Now okay. the interesting thing too is, is that the oldest. Do you guys know which which one of the Gospels is the oldest? I mean, no. I would think. Exodus or no 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 the Gospels the four Gospels oh the Gospels I'm sorry I thought I thought we were talking um no I wouldn't even know where to it's Mark Mark is Mark. the oldest one by okay. maybe about maybe by years and uh, that came out about seventy A D okay so that was out during the Council of Jamnia so during the Council of Jamnia what they were doing was they were trying to figure out whether or not to include Jesus into the Old Testament and could you imagine how different it would have been if there was no New Testament if everything oh, yeah. was just Old Testament. And even further than that, when you're talking about Constantine, when you're talking about Constantine, his nephew, so the original Christians were known as Heliognostics, which literally means knowers of the sun. And Julian the Apostate, who was actually Constantine's nephew, fought to bring this, this science back because everyone used to know that this was star poetry. Everyone used to know that. It's a relatively new thing in the scope of 2000 years or so. So you could say during Constantine's time that people fought to make this a literal thing. This was never supposed to be literal. You don't read the Epic of Gilgamesh. You don't read the Egyptian book of the dead and think it's legitimate. Right. Like the, these characters all represent things. They represent stars. And I'm going to show you even further, excuse me, like the Pope, for example, his, mit his miter, what he has on his head is called a miter. Mm -hmm. Okay. And that um, comes from the word Mithra, which was a, uh, which was a previous god. And it comes from Dagon worship too. Dagon was a fish god. And if you take the miter on the Pope's head and you turn it sideways, it actually looks like a fish's head. So they borrowed that. Okay, so everything is just a blending of old religions coming into a new one. You know, starting back at the Sumerians with the clay tablets, even right. further back. You can go even further back. Astrology is the oldest science. You guys know what the Lascaux Caves are? The no. French caves that they found with oh, all yes, those etchings? Yes. Right, that's 40,000, 45,000 years old. Right. And they found etchings of like bulls and rams and this and that. And the funny thing is they've done computer models and it's been on the History Channel before, but or I think it was on the History Channel before. I forget where I saw it, but they've done computer models where they've run back the sky 38,500 years or 40,000 years whenever they say they were. And what they could do is they could superimpose that onto the um, the map that was drawn in these caves and they're identical as far as what star is what like taurus is where taurus is supposed to be so they knew this forty thousand years ago in gobek gobekli tepe mm -hmm. 
which is uh every no knows about that it's in uh it's in um turkey uh that's eleven thousand five hundred years i believe and uh that used to be an astronomy and an astrology uh viewing center right there's something called the antikythera mechanism which is like the most baffling uh item that has ever been discovered from a a, a shipwreck before is that the one that was in the mediterranean yeah that's the one that was in the mediterranean i believe and um it basically they, they couldn't figure out what the hell it was it turned out to be an advanced computer that could map out the stars yeah star worship sun worship and these these 12 zodiac signs for what they were is the oldest science on the planet and it was never meant to be taken literally mm-hmm. the greeks you know and the romans with you know with jupiter and 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 everything that was never meant to be taken literally you don't take that literally people are taking the bible literally it's not supposed to be literal um i'm going to give you guys a couple more examples but i want to know what you guys think so far yeah so in in our previous episodes we talk a lot about mythology i don't know how many how many of them you listen to and um you know ancient I don't want to say pseudoscience because it's not pseudoscience, but ancient lost history. You know, we all pretty well prescribe to the idea that there's a big chunk of our history that we don't know about, right? right. Whether it's within Gebekli Tepe or all of those areas like that. But something I, I commonly find myself saying is when we talk about astrology is what else would you have done back then, right? You have no technology, mm-hmm. no nothing. You know, you've hunted, gathered and now you have a completely non-diluted sky that you can just stare at all night long and study right. its placement. It just makes mm-hmm. sense. Yeah. That's what they do. That's what they've always been doing. That's what they're still doing. We're still learning new things every day when it comes to that. Here's an interesting thing that I want to throw out to you. This is one of my theories. I put it in my book, in one of my books, but this is a theory that I have. So during the age of Taurus, you guys know we're in the age of Aquarius now, right? Correct. Okay, so in the age of Taurus, the Egyptians were very prevalent. They were powerful. They were, you can just look at all the hieroglyphs of the bull with the sun in its, between its horns, what have mm-hmm. you. They, they were worshipped very high. Then the Jews come in Aries, and they become the dominant culture. They blow the ram's horn to signify Aries the ram. That's why they do that. Nobody tells them that's why they do that, but that's why they do that. And then you go in Christianity, and that's during Pisces, which is the two fish. You see the Jesus fish on the car, the two fish. Mm-hmm. Um, so basically, every single new sign that we have, there's a new dominant group on the planet. So the thing is, is that I'm not sure what the new religion is going to be in the age of Aquarius, to be perfectly honest with you. I think it could be the religion of technology because everything it, it was a lot easier to start a religion and spread it when uh when for instance you um didn't have technology that allows you to communicate to the other side of the world instantly right right so i do think that if you look at it every previous zodiac sign has a uh, like a like a ruling religion, right? And then it just to it. It, right, and then it seems that it just changes. 
So I don't know what you guys think about that, but I, I think we're a little early to find out what's going to happen in Aquarius. Uh, but it's true. I mean, that, there's a new dominant one every different sign. And Did I you think say, your correlation to technology is... Yeah. Did you say Aquarius was the sign of man? The man sign. It's the man with the water pitcher. Yeah. So, I mean, from what I can see happening in kind of like daily life right now and everything is just the religion of no religion kind of. Right. I mean, if it's the the symbol of man and we're in the age of Aquarius... I kind of do see that as being like the age of man. I feel like religion nowadays is um, less popular than it's ever been. Yep. And the countries that are the most non-religious tend to be the most happier with life. Mm -hmm. um, and the most the interesting thing, as well. Yeah, yeah. And the interesting thing too is if you think about it, during the, during the age of Aries, okay – Moses is up on the mountain, and he's taking down God's commandments. He comes down, and he sees them worshiping a golden calf. You guys all know this story, right? Yes. So you see them worshiping a golden calf. So you could take it one or two ways. And then he gets mad, and he throws the stones down, mm -hmm. which, um, incidentally, that's where the term breaking the law comes from, because he was the first lawbreaker. Oh. The, the term comes from. But um, – what he sees is them worshiping a golden calf. Now, it could be one of two things. Which one makes more sense to you? These wandering nomad, poor Jews, pooled together all the gold that they had, welded it somehow without welding equipment, and built this giant calf to worship. Or the gold is the sun, and the calf is the bull, Taurus. They're worshiping the sun in Taurus. They're worshiping the time frame that they just left. That's why Moses was mad, because they're in the age of Aries now. So which one makes more sense? I don't know. But to be honest with you, that's that's the way that I see it. Yeah, I mean, that, that yeah. definitely makes more sense. Because even from a resource and logistical standpoint, if I'm out in the, you know, in the desert with... A nomadic tribe, and I have gold. I'm not going to be wasting that on altars or idols. right. It makes sense, but but yet people people worship this. People worship this, and then they believe it to be 100 percent true. Yeah, and above it's scary contestation, you know. Right. So there's a there's a hold on a minute. Speaking of, I just bought both your books. So uh, yes. right. thank you. <laughs> I appreciate it. I also it. just literally picked them up, too. <laughs> nice. They're fun reads, man. They're thrillers. Um, I'm excited. You guys will have to, you know, you catch me on uh, catch me on, on Twitter or Facebook or, or whatever you guys have. Uh, let me know what you think of the books. And if you guys can leave an Amazon review, that would help, too. Yeah. In Genesis thirty-two thirty, there's a there's a there's a sign. Uh, there's a, 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 a I forget what it's called. He says, "So Jacob called the place Peniel, P-E-N-I-E-L, saying, it is because I saw God face to face, and yet my life was spared.' Right? Okay. Okay. 
What if Peniel becomes Pineal over time? Okay. And Jacob called the place Pineal, as in the Pineal gland, as in a DMT burst. <laughs> it's because I saw God face to face and yet my life was spared. Okay. I mean, then that would... That's my kind of connection right there. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and now there There's... is a, a bush that releases high amounts of DMT when it's burnt. That's um, from the Middle East. I can't remember what that's called, but... I can't remember what it's called either. I know exactly what you're talking about. Yeah. It's a, it's a scrub bush, and it's, it's what they think that um, the burning bush might have been. Right, which makes complete sense. But you also have to remember is that the Bible's not a literal story. Right. 90, 98% of the people in there are just – like you don't read – you don't read the Iliad and like think of these people as live and legitimate people that have existed, that have histories. They do with the Bible, though, but these people, they don't find remnants of any of them. They just find mentions of them. Mm-hmm. Like, they never find King Solomon's bones, but they find mentions to King Solomon. Solomon is an interesting one, too, now that I brought that up. I didn't even think about this, but and, – and it's in my first book. You guys will read it. But Solomon is a um, – it's a breakup of three words, soul, which means son, om, which means son, and on – which is the city of the sun, Heliopolis. Heliopolis used to be called On in, um, in Greek times. Okay. That's why when you go in a room to turn the light on, that's where that comes from. Huh. So there's also a phrase when John the Baptist, he says in John 3.30, he says, Jesus must increase and I must decrease. Now, if I told you that Jesus is the sun, imagine, imagine that you, you've seen the Zodiac wheel, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. Imagine the sun starting at the bottom and walking a degree up every day. Okay. Around the sun. Okay. So as one walks up, one must go down. So when John the Baptist says he must increase, I must decrease. If Jesus is born December 25th, do you know how you know that they're talking about this particularly? So the sun's getting further away. No, the sun is starting to go. Uh, yes, the sun is climbing up, so that basically it's increasing. But how do you know that John the Baptist must decrease? Do you know how that must make sense? Well, if something's going up, something's got to come down, right? Exactly. Do you know is what day St. John's Day is? Yeah. You know what day St. John's Day is? I do not know. It is June 24th, exactly six months apart. Oh, shit. They did that on purpose. You know, all this stuff is there to be figured out once you understand this. I can give you guys a... uh, I'm going to give you guys just a blatant... Let's start with this. I'll give you a blatant one. In Deuteronomy 32. And the interesting thing is, too, about this, before I go into that... The interesting thing about this whole thing is is that, like, I've been accused of, like, cherry-picking verses and, like, molding it. So I said, okay, that's interesting. So I went through the book of Job, and uh, I went through the entire book of Matthew, and I went line by line to show how it is astrology. 
you will see how the book of Matthew is line by line by astrology. My main character, he's at a conference and he decodes it. People are there to see him speak. And it's line by line. That's in book three. But I'm going to give you an example and show you just how blatantly obvious this shit is. Deuteronomy 32. He gave them honey from the cliffs and olive oil from the rocky ground. He gave his people butter from the herd and milk from the flock. He gave them lambs and goats. They had the best rams from Bashan and the finest wheat. They drank the best wine made from the juice of red grapes. But Jeshurun became fat and kicked like a bull. So did you guys hear like nine or ten different references right there? Yeah. Definitely. It's literally wide open. And when you understand, when you see like wine, ah, that's Libra. When he became fat, kicked like a bull. Oh, that's Taurus. Incidentally, um, when it comes from honey, when they, when he was mentioning honey, in in Cancer, in in the zodiac sign Cancer, there's a group of stars. It's a cluster of them. They're very tightly knit together, called the Beehive Cluster, and that's where the honey comes from. That's the Beehive Cluster there. Oh. If you go over one sign, that's where the Milky Way galaxy is. That's the milk. That's the milk and honey. Okay. So, um, you mentioned Deuteronomy, and that kind of triggers something else for me. Is I don't know if um, you've read the Immortality Key by Brian Murarescu, or if you listened to the podcast that he was on with Joe Rogan or not. But no, he makes a lot of he makes a lot of kind of connections like that with Deuteronomy, and. Um, Specifically, the connection between Deuteronomy and Christianity and uh, ancient Greece. Mm -hmm. And uh, not just the the wine references and all that stuff, but the fact that uh, there may have been psychedelic usage that um, specifically so Ergot. Yeah. So specifically yeah. Ergot. Um, right. That is basically the cause of the birth of Christianity and how the birth of Christianity wasn't really in um, the Middle East, so to speak, but uh, a little bit further across the Mediterranean Sea there in, in Greece. Mm -hmm. But well, I just I mean, feel like that's can... something that you would be really interested in. Okay. I'll, I'm going to check it out. I could also tell you this, is that when the, when the Jews are running around in the desert, they don't know what they're eating. They find something on the floor called manna. Manna means, what's this? What is it in Hebrew? And it's a small, round, the way they explain it makes it sound like a mushroom. They would yeah. eat it, and then they would be able to talk to God. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I've read about that before. That's always a really, really interesting one whenever you start thinking about the experiences that they have when they're in the desert, too. Right. Um, that yeah, I mean, bush that, earlier, I mentioned the uh, the bush acacia that, tree. Yeah, acacia. Yep, it's the acacia tree. Okay. Gotcha. Um, There's lots of um, plant. That's something I uh, find really interesting too. Is the uh, botanical kind of side of, um, and how much influence it's had in creating. I I feel like that's something that connects a lot uh, astrology and astronomy, uh, whatever term you want to use, I guess. Right. And 
botany kind of co and agriculture kind of coincide together because you can't really have agriculture without the sun and um, the cycles of you right. know, all, everything that it goes through. Well, you got to remember too is that when it comes to the sun, let's think of the earliest people, hunting, gathering, people that were still in the food chain. Okay, people that still had to worry about eating and getting eaten. They would know that when the sun comes up, it gives it light. It warms everything up. That's when they can go out. At night, that's when the coyotes come out. That's when everything bad comes out. That's when you don't want to do stuff. So they worship the sun. It is literally everything has just been sun worship and planet worship since then. It has just changed its tune. That's all it's done. That's I'm, I'm I'm sitting here and like all these little things are connecting in my head as you talk about it and I just <laughs> I I take the next step of my mind getting blown by this. <laughs> I told you. I mean, I did warn you. You did. You warned me. You're correct. I did warn you. Okay. I'm gonna I'm gonna go through. Um, I'm gonna show you line for line how this works too. In Job thirty-eight thirty-two, he literally says, "Now do you know the story about Job." He had everything. He was a man of God, and the devil made a deal right. with God, yeah. saying he can get him to curse him. And he never did, but he did bitch and moan a lot, and then yeah. God finally answered him. This is when God finally answers him. In Job thirty-eight thirty-two, he literally starts by saying, can you lead forth the Maseroth? The Maseroth is literally the Zodiac. That's what it means. That's what it is. Over time, Maseroth becomes the word Mazalot. And then over time, it even survives in Judaism today, Mazel Tov, which means oh. good fortune from the stars. Yeah. That's what it literally means. That's what Mazel Tov means. So the Lord's challenge to Job, the first two lines are just blatantly obvious stars. Can you bind the chain of the Pileades? Can you loosen Orion's belt? Those are completely blatantly obvious. Right. Now here's where it gets a little, a little more uh, hidden. Can you bring forth the constellations in their season? Or lead out the bear with its cubs. So can you bring forth the constellations, the zodiac, or lead the bear out with its cubs? The bear and its cubs are Ursa Minor and mm -hmm. Ursa Major, the great bear and the little bear, part of the Big Dipper. You guys have heard of that, right? Yeah. Okay. Then the next one is, who can tip over the water jars of the heavens? That's Aquarius. The next one, do you hunt the prey for the lioness and satisfy the hunger of the lions? That's Leo, who provides food for the raven. The constellation Corvus, which means raven and is bordering on Virgo. Do you watch when the doe bears her fawn, which mean, which is Mariga, M-R-I-G-A. It means deer, and it's located in Orion. Who let the wild donkeys go free? That's Acellus borealis, which means donkey, and it's located in Cancer. Will the wild ox consent to serve you? That's Taurus. The wings of the ostrich flap joyfully. That's Lambda Achille or Al Thaliman, which means two ostriches in Arabic. And then it, it trickles down. Do you give the horse its strength? It laughs at fear, afraid of nothing. It does not shy away from the sword. The quiver rattles against its side, along with the flashing spear and lance. That's Sagittarius, mm -hmm. the guy with the bow and the arrow. Does the eagle soar at your command and build its nest on high? That's Aquila. It's a Latin name for eagle, and its constellation is a few degrees above the celestial equator. Can you pull a Vithian with a fish hook? That's Pisces. 
That's his whole challenge back to Job. And it's nothing but talking about stars. They're just hidden. You just have to look for it. That's extremely blatant. Yeah. That's like right out there in your face. Like back then, maybe they wouldn't have all understood it just because they didn't have the access to the information we do now. But, I mean, that's that's pretty in your face. Yep. It sure is. Wow. So you guys want to know, you guys know the, um, you guys heard about the universal number 42, right? Um, actually, I have, I have read a bit about that. Okay, so let me yeah. let me just ask you what do you what do you know about it so far, or or as of now I should say, the Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy is about <laughs> right. all my knowledge to the number forty two. That's what, that's, <laughs> that's what okay. got me interested in it actually too. <laughs> okay, no, no, tell me, tell me what what do you guys what do you guys make of it? I, I mean, I have no, I don't think I have any. Uh, say one way or the other i mean because there it does permeate through everything but let me give you let me give you a little something on that um listen to this in hitchhiker's guide to the galaxy right the supercomputer deep thought is built by a race of hyper intelligent alien beings determined to answer the question of life the universe and everything deep thought determines that it is 42 right mm-hmm. okay so here's where it gets interesting though excuse me Douglas Adams was a computer geek and he knew a lot about programming language and coding in programming an asterisk is commonly used to translate as whatever you want it to be in ASC2 language the most basic computer software 42 is the designation for an asterisk so a computer deep thought was asked what the true meaning of life was it answered like a computer 42 anything you want it to be Huh. Okay. So I just thought that was interesting. I like to share that with people. Yeah, that is. Sorry, I'm still wrapping my mind. (laughs) Okay. So what do you guys think so far? I have a couple more things that we could talk about, but I just wanted to get your just general feedback. Like, is this stuff, does this stuff make sense? Does it make... Does it make more sense than a literal belief? Does it make more sense that it's encoded at least, even if you don't believe it a hundred percent, does it make more sense that there is more to it than there seems to be? Well, I see what you'll find is that we're very open-minded to a lot of stuff. Right. And so you being able to literally explain it to us and like, (laughs) I mean, I I think that, um, I've always felt a there was I've just I, I don't know. I've never been able to really like explain it as deeply as you have obviously. But I've always um I just know I like it seems common sense to me that there is a connection between um all these different religions and cultures and and stuff like that because they're all they're all different, but they're similar in a type of way. They all do kind of worship. They look up, you know, to worship something, uh, mm-hmm. and that something brings 
than food and and health. Right, and uh, those pantheons are very. I, similar. I just I, I felt like there was too many coincidences for it to just be you know, um, random. You know, I, I guess is what I'm trying to say. Mm-hmm. I feel you. Yeah, I agree. I agree. That's for sure. So, have you guys heard of the 144,000 in the book of Revelation that are supposed to be saved? Yes. Okay, so, the 144,000, and it's, it's, I, I, I always forget if it's the Mormons or it's the... Church of Christ. The Church of Christ. Church Thank Christ, you. Yeah. Yes. Um... So hear this. You guys are familiar with the chakras, right? Uh, very lightly. Right. But they're basically energy nodule points on your body. Right. Everyone has the same ones. It starts up top at the purple one, and it goes all the way down to the red one. Um, so the root chakra has four petals. That's the bottom one. The sacral has six. The solar pl- and I'm just going up the chakra list. Mm-hmm. The sac- the solar plexus is ten. The heart has twelve, and the throat has sixteen, which equals forty-eight. Now the third eye chakra, it's represented by ninety-six, and it only has two petals because it's two times as powerful as the five lower. The crown chakra is said to be a thousand times more powerful than the lower six chakras. So when you add the lower six, you get a hundred and forty. And then you multiply it by a thousand by the top one. That's where you get your 144,000. So it's all within yourself. The 144,000 that get to see God, it's all within yourself if you can activate your pineal gland. Okay. And now to to bring to something else here that I just made a connection in my head. um, Are you familiar with Kundalini yoga? I am. Yes. Slightly, but I am. Okay. Now Kundalini is all about aligning your chakras. Right. And then you get a release of DMT, essentially, mm-hmm. in your... Oh, shit. Okay. Wow. Okay. So that would that would correlate with the whole... When people smoke DMT or oh, whatever they use it with, however they use it. Mm-hmm seeing the higher beings and stuff and everybody seeing the exact same thing. Typically there's a, uh, there's a, there's a channeler that I love. You guys into channelers at all channelers of entities? Uh, yes, actually. Okay. Um, one of my favorites is Bashar Bashar. and Bashar. And he talks about that. He talks about when you're on DMT, you're usually hitting the fifth or sixth dimension. That's usually what it is okay. because everybody has the same things like the little gnomes. Everybody knows about the little gnomes that they see, you yeah, know, and the it's clo- the clockwork elves, the little gnomes. That's what they're called. Thank bunch, you. Yeah. The clockwork elves. That's exactly what it is. I got to remember that now. Um, I mean, everything at its spiritual marker, like we dream and when we dream, we hit the DMT in our brain, right? You know, and there comes a point where, you know, so much about things that you're kind of walking through life in real time and 
it doesn't feel as real as your dreams, if that makes any kind of sense. Yeah, I know exactly what you're talking about. Yep. You know, it's just kind of like you can see past all the conditioning, all the bullshit, mm-hmm. all the all the nonsense that's out there, all the noise, all the politics, all the, the elections, all, all that crap that's meant to keep your brain busy and not focusing within. You get to see all this stuff. And then, you know, it's why it's it's why hallucinogenics are banned. Mm-hmm. I mean, they're starting to opening up mushrooms and marijuana, which is amazing. But um, they're higher vibrations. They're opening to other portals. It basically it deconstructs your reality. You know, that's that's right. basically what it does. It deconstructs your reality and it opens up new neural pathways. And I mean, to this to this day, like. Have you ever guys read The Holographic Universe? I have not, no. Have you heard of it? Michael Talbot? I've, I've heard of Michael Talbot. It. Yeah, it's a... Um, it makes the argument that it's a hologram. Like space and time. And if you go into quantum physics too, you could talk about how um, particles... A particle could be on the other side of the world and it could affect this particle and then they, right. they, 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 they jive at the same exact minute. Or the same exact moment i should say it's all just an illusion you know this is just a holographic illusion right and what these ancient texts were originally supposed to do i mean for instance the 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 ten commandments comes from something called the 12 negative confessions in the egyptian book of the dead chapter 125 okay that's where it comes from everything has been borrowed and everything has been psychically encoded for people to figure it out. And I'm sure there's levels and layers to this that I have no clue what I'm talking about in, in, in as far as it goes. Like even what I just shared you guys is just like a slither of it. Right. But I just think that if everybody would just open their mind and just be a little open to, I mean, Something our books different. were written through hallucinogens. Exactly. So that's just how I feel. We actually, uh, it's probably been about a month now, we did an episode on um, simulation hypothesis. And, okay. and we took a deep dive into are we in a simulation or a hologram, you know, and uh, it definitely, oh, I would love to start hear that. strongly thinking about this stuff, like looking at it from at an analytical level and not just a conversational level. It, like me and CJ both, I think, had existential crises over going over that stuff because I, we were just I, it was too much to process i can't yeah. think well, about you, the stuff without without like freaking out like because I, I we were just i mean i was looking at this stuff like finding different uh coincidences and stuff to see kind of just how everything overlaps and ex- to explain different things right. and i literally looked at the sky and panicked i was like oh no i've made a mistake <laughs> we probably shouldn't be talking about this well, you know what, Jordan? You guys know Jordan Peterson, right? Yes. Yeah. You, you know what Jordan Peterson says, right? It's my favorite quote. One of them. He says, "The pathway to enlightenment is necessary through a passage through hell. That's why not many people are enlightened. You cannot have, you cannot spiritually wake up without having your fundamentals broken down and you almost losing your shit." Right. If you don't lose your shit, it's impossible. It's a complete rewriting of what you're taught as your child. Everything that you expect, everything right. that you were, you were given, you know, growing up, it's a complete 
reversal of that and you find out when you start to branch out and you figure it out you just you start to not feel like you belong anymore you know well yeah because i mean we've been conditioned um our our entire lives our entire childhoods everything from the tv shows we've watched to the school that we went to to be this little cog um this little cog in this wheel that just works and they don't want us to break away from being that cog. Exactly. DMT, I'm pretty sure, is the most illegal substance on Earth. I mean, I've had a really hard time trying to get some. <laughs> I mean, there's things that you could do. Like, you can go on, like, an ayahuasca trip, you right. know, but I hear I hear that it is very soul-enlightening. But from what I heard, too, you're just puking the whole time, and I don't know if I want to do that. Yeah. <laughs> you know no. what I mean? Like. I'm hoping that I might I might be here in the near future taking me a DMT vacay to Oregon. Okay. With this whole, you know, they've legalized literally everything in Oregon now, or decriminalized, not legalized, decriminalized. Right. So, so if they find you with some, they could just slap you with a ticket. Right. That's exactly. About it. So it might be a little bit easier to get my hands on some DMT in Oregon now. You got to be careful though, because you got to figure out where it's synthesized from. Yeah, definitely. Because I don't know if this works like cocaine or any of that kind of stuff, where they cut it up with other things. Yeah, I don't you know. I've seen DMT; DMT. it's crystallized. DMT is crystallized, but I don't know if it's mixed with anything else. You got to be careful. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I don't. I don't want some fentanyl cut DMT. That would be a. That would be a crazy terrible. trip. <laughs> isn't that what? Ha- isn't that what happened to Mac Miller? Yeah, yeah, fentanyl. Yep. Fentanyl. Yeah. Yep. That guy was great. I miss him. <laughs> big loss there so so let me let me just read you this last part okay you asked okay. you asked me where is this all coming from are you familiar are any of you guys roman catholic no mm. no i've studied catholicism a bit no. but i'm not catholic okay so have you heard of the roman catholic catechisms yes okay catechism 2116 okay in the roman catholic church all forms of divination are to be rejected, recourse to Satan or demons, conjuring up the dead or other practices falsely supposed to unveil the future, consulting horoscopes, astrology, palm reading, interpretations of omen, and lots. Okay? Yes. The phenomena of clairvoyance and recourse to mediums at all conceal a desire for power over time history and in the last analysis other human beings as well as a wish to conciliate hidden powers they contradict the honor respect and loving fear that we owe to god alone so i've made a case tonight that astrology is in the bible there are other people that make the same case maybe they don't do it the same way that i do in in fiction books or whatever but nonetheless the Roman Catholic Catechism right there is strictly forbidding astrology. And you knew this, too, because when you go to church and you ask people for their sign or whatever, I don't want to know that shit. I don't know what's going on. Right, know? yeah, yeah. So the Catholic Church obviously knows. They know what's in their book. Right. With the, with what's going on under the Vatican. They obviously know what's in that book. And they're just flat out lying to people. They're telling people there's no astrology. You know, I just gave you guys my, my, my little presentation that I do usually uh, for people new to this. Right. And uh, you obviously know there's astrology, right? Right, yeah. Like, this isn't even up for debate. And they're flat out telling you in the catechism 
that it's not. So they're flat out lying to you. That's not disturbing a little bit? Oh, it's extremely disturbing. Especially for me personally, like I am a huge history buff. Huge history buff. And I'm right. I'm extremely in tune with like Celtic mythologies and North Norse mythologies. And um, a few weeks ago we were talking about the church essentially labeling anything that was outside of Christianity as devil worship or witchcraft. Right. I mean that's well, you the same understand thing you're too. saying. You, you gotta understand you gotta understand too, is I didn't mean to jump in, I'm sorry. No, but you're fine, when you're it comes fine. to when it comes to Christianity, Catholicism and Christianity are two very different things. Right. Like you have to know that right off the boat. They they share Christ, but that's it. Yeah. They're very, very different things. So but that's interesting. Yeah. I would um very much like I mean I would give just about anything to get a day pass to what's underneath the Vatican. <laughs> get in the secret library. Uh, just the 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 things that they have to have locked in there, and because like you said, think of how there's miles and come. miles of it. Uh, think of how far we've come as a as a people, as the as a race, I guess, um, a species right. with technology just in the past couple of years. Why? Because we accept technology and we put our best minds to it. But you got to understand too, and, the, and the technology that's open out. To it. The technology that's out right now is probably 20 years old. Oh, yeah. You know, at least. At least 20 years old. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For um, sure, yeah, yeah. You have no idea what we're actually um, capable of right now. But, yeah. That's but, what they um, say, right? Is that we're I technically... the same thing as... Go ahead. Uh, that, that, that we're actually 20 years ahead of what technology we as a consumer can access yeah like right on military or my just, governmental level yeah like i mean how how the powers that be like what they have access to comparative to how you know what they trickle out and give us right. is yeah. actually 20 years behind i think it's more than that to be honest with you you, you can't even put a you can't even put a timeline on that because like the things that we're doing now, literally, seems like magic from the eighties. Right. Oh yeah, I mean the things we're doing now seems like magic from ten years ago. Mm-hmm. Yeah, when I went through school, they said I wasn't gonna have a calculator in my pocket twenty four seven. Yeah, right. It's just. All this stuff is just so interesting, man. Just... Yeah, it's so much. Like, there's so much to it that I'm going to have to – probably what we're going to have to do is we're going to have to decompress this, and then we're going to have to have you back uh, later at another time <laughs> to talk about this yeah. again. That's fine. I can give you guys – I'll give you guys my second part. I'll give you guys the uh, the book of Matthew okay. where I'll show you through an entire – an entire um, – not just the chapter, not just the verse, but through an entire gospel – how line by line. And the interesting thing about it too is that if you picture the wheel in your head, say I'm talking about one sign, right? Mm-hmm. If the Bible, if in the book of Matthew I'm talking about one sign, the next passage will either talk about the sign before it, its connecting sign, the sign before it or the sign after it, 
or its cross sign. And then it continues to do that. It follows, not, not only is it all astrology, but it's patterned. Okay. It's interesting. So I would, I would hope that people go out and get the books because it's fun to learn this way, but it's right. also fun to read like thrillers and right. I'm not a bad writer myself. I come from a history family of writers. Um, both my grandparent, my, my grandparent, my grandfather and my father were, um, were producers and editors at uh, CBS News in Manhattan. Okay. My grandfather was actually, in, in Dan Rather's book, my grandfather was actually the guy that Dan Rather called to tell him that, that Kennedy was dead. The story, oh, yeah. that made, the story that made Kennedy famous, I mean, that made Rather famous because yeah. he had the Kennedy scoop an hour before everyone, so to speak. Right. And he put my grandfather in his book. So That's awesome. I've met all of them. I've met all of them. So I'm very familiar with them. So, But I have a history of, of writing and journalism in my, in my blood. So uh, I think I put together a couple really good books. You guys will have to keep me posted. And, yeah. Well, and, I mean, uh, I bought it prime. So, I mean, it should be here by Monday. So very I'll, excited I'll for you. break into it. Hopefully, I'll break into them. I'll read them and then... The, by the, by the next time we bring you back on, I'll have them read. So, right, but you know, discuss. Yeah. Go ahead. I was going to say the interesting thing too about the books that I wrote is it's not just about astrology. Right, astrology is the main theme that they keep figuring out new codes, new Bible passages that mean certain things, and they figure right. it out. It's not just that; it's also has to do with conspiracy theories it also has to do with hidden technology hidden information i mean you guys saw the list of stuff that i wrote in the book right right yeah guys, saw that. the original thing like the akashic records and this and that. i blend everything you could possibly think of into these books that's awesome so did we did we was it before we started recording that we discussed the books no i think we discussed discussed them since did we, we discussed the, the the names and like yes, we him. did. Okay. Yeah, and we we I will know. actually is, is, um, for the audience for anybody listening, we're gonna link all of all of the. We'll even put the Amazon link to the books um, on our Facebook page, so you guys can access them there. And and uh, yeah, I mean, my first book came out June June thirtieth. That's about six months ago. Okay. It's still in the top three four percent of all books on Amazon. Yeah, I was actually just looking. at it. It's extremely well reviewed. Yeah. Which is all right. You got me. You got me. They're all, they're all... how, what you talk about. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, ninety-two well percent well received rating. is. Yeah. Right. Four point nine out of five average. Right. Have you read the reviews? Yeah. I mean, it, the reviews alone actually kind of surprised me, just because I don't think I've ever wrote a review about a product as long as any one of these reviews. I mean, <laughs> these people are going deep into it here. I'm really excited to get my hands on this. Thanks, guys. So maybe we can, um, maybe I'll do the book of Matthew next time, and then maybe we could, uh, we can go over. You have questions about in the book, you know, cause some of the topics that I bring up. We can just use that. We can use the books. Yeah. And we we could talk about the topics that I wrote about. Sounds great. I'm uh, I'm cool, super man. excited to do it. 
Awesome. So I hope you guys, I hope you guys had fun. I hope you guys learned a lot. I feel like I learned too much. My mind's just yeah, absolutely yeah. I <laughs> I have to decompress now. I don't know how you do I this. Found out, you know, you know they say like you know your your mind's a sponge. Yeah. I found out my mind is a very little sponge. <laughs> <laughs> because you were shoving stuff in there, and I couldn't yeah. figure out where to put it. <laughs> but it all makes sense as long as you tell me that it all makes sense. I'm happy. It all makes. Sense. It makes. It makes more sense than I'm comfortable telling you it does. <laughs> because I didn't go into this podcast, especially today, thinking, oh, we're going to dump on Christianity. And <laughs> here we are. It's not really dumping on Christianity. Like, you got to understand. It's like, exposing. I, I, held, I hold no animosity. One of my best friends is a young earth born again Christian. And I've been friends with him since he was nine. And he's probably like my second best friend. And to be perfectly honest with you, he and me have the greatest conversations. And when I present this information to him, he can't even deny it. Right. He doesn't even deny it. But what he does tell me, though, is that it strengthens his faith. And he thinks that it was put there for a reason, which is fine. That's how he believes. I don't, right. I'm not trying to change people's belief. I'm not trying to do that. I'm not like at a war with Christianity. I'm not at war with Judaism. I'm not at war with religion. But what I am is there for people who are like, I don't really know what makes sense. You know, I try and give them something that makes a little bit more sense. That's well said. You kind said. of put a science to the the religion part. Yep. You kind of blend them together. And I think that that does help kind of um, – people understand because a lot of people do struggle with i'm one of those people especially do struggle with the whole storytelling part of it and the fact that like like you said with job oh this dude was what well, his family was basically murdered and all this other horrible things happened to him but he still loved god i just i, I really struggle with believing some of the storytelling acts of it so to have right. a science put together Honestly, it makes me think of Christianity as a more valid concept than ever before. Okay. So I don't think I don't think you're at a war with Christianity at all. I think honestly, um, if anything, you could possibly be drawing people closer to it. And I think if any if there's any Christians that will listen to this, deep believers that might get upset with this, I want them to kind of think of this as that. Right. I want to think of it not as you going to war with them or, you know, saying that their beliefs are false, but as a way of you just trying to translate it. Because like you said, it's a translation. The Bible is a translation. It's not right. to be taken literally. But this is right. your way of translating it for people who have a, a struggle in believing. The only thing I am at war with is that catechism. Yeah. Because it's sure. just not true. Yeah. It's just flat out <laughs> not true. So yeah. I am I am I am at war yeah. with that. But I think we're I mean, there as, with you. So Yeah. I, as you guys as you guys read my books, you'll yeah. find there's a character <laughs> named uh, there's a character named Blur Slanders in my books. And mm -hmm. you'll find him and he's kinda like the he he is literally I listened to Alex Jones for about a year and a half <laughs> and I tried yeah. to get his I tried to get his like nuances <laughs> down, his vocal patterns, how he so I literally – he is literally Alex Jones. It's just a different name. Well, I'm so, extremely excited now. Yeah, yeah. So basically he releases all this hidden information. It's, it's, 
it's it's more than just astrology. It's just it's shit that you're not supposed to know. <laughs> I'm excited. I'm excited. Oh, well, do you guys have gentlemen? Do you have any more questions before we start winding down here? CJ? I have a lot of questions. No, I mean I'm good. I got in, but I. <laughs> <laughs> I will save those for the next time when maybe I can Process soak more of this compile in. Compile the questions. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I feel like the yeah. next time we're probably just going to be asking you a lot of questions. Just so you That's know. fine. That's fine. You guys sleep easy tonight, okay? <laughs> <laughs> what, what's that? We'll try that. <laughs> hey, thank you so much um, for coming on with us. Um mm-hmm. Like I said, you know, we're sorry we took us so long to get on here. We've been trying to actually get, get together for a few weeks now, but we've uh, we've definitely had some some holes to fill. So just thank you so much for coming on, um, spending time explaining this to us. I feel like you've opened our eyes, and hopefully you've opened a lot of our our listeners' eyes as well. Yeah, I hope so. I hope they'll go out and get the books, and then um, you can catch me on Twitter. I'm real Mister Dank. That's R E A L. M-I-S-T-E-R-D-A-N-K. So you can just catch me on Twitter too. Okay. At Real Mr. Dank. Okay, we will put that, we will link that as well. Perfect. All right, sir. Thank you very much for joining us. Mm-hmm. Um, and I guess we will see you on our on our next installment that you join us on. Sounds good. All right, that was a lot to process. Um, there's a, a, so much stuff with this topic that we're, like we said, we're going to bring Micah back for a later episode. Um, hopefully, kind of what, we, what we've hashed out is his next book is coming out mid-December. We'll try to get him in sometime around that book drop um, so we can discuss his last couple books. Uh, but it's just, there's there's not any space left in my head. No. Well, speaking of space, this podcast is sponsored by Threadweird. You know, if you're listening to this podcast, then it's safe to assume you're an in, you're interested in aliens, Bigfoot conspiracies, and space. If you're interested in expressing those interests, go buy some clothes at uh, www.threadweird.com. That is T H R E A D w-e-i-r-d dot com threadweird use the promo code rabbit hole to get 10% off at checkout it's it's hard to believe we finally got a sponsor it's hard to believe there's someone's willing to put their name behind us oh yeah I know <laughs> I would be scared too for sure some of the stuff we you talk be... about I don't think they listen <laughs> <laughs> so Guys, this has been a great episode. Um, I hope in the future that we can do more of these interviews, um, bring in some 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 experts to talk about their uh, whether it's their conspiracies or their their, um, their sciences uh, area of expertise. Yeah, expertise. I want someone to explain Common Core math to me. <laughs> <laughs> I think I get a five year old to do that because I don't. Um, I, I don't have anything else. Do you guys have anything else? Uh, no. Tristan? No, I'm good. I mean, I just, um, 
I had something, but I lost it. So maybe I'll bring it up next time. Okay. Well, and we are also, we're planning, um, I'm going to drop this episode about as soon as we get done with this, and we're going to plan to do another episode this weekend. So you should get a two-episode drop this weekend. Um, so s- stay tuned for that. Um, thank you so much for joining us if you made it this far. Remember to go to th- um, Threadweird. Check out their product. I've already spent like $100 there um, since they sp- started sponsoring us. And you make sure you use that, that uh, discount code RABBITHOLD to save you 10%. also gets us a little cutback as well. Um, and again, thank you guys for joining us, and this has been the Rabbit Hole Podcast. <laughs>